Hey, do you remember what the three R's in school were? Reading, writing, and arithmetic. Arithmetic, exactly <laughs> right. I can remember when they taught us that in school and then says, but you're going to learn a whole lot more. But you, you got to know those three R's. You got to know how to read and comprehend. You got to know how to write and communicate well. And you got to know how to do arithmetic. So you, you got to know how to balance that checkbook. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, tonight we're going to talk about the three R's of the Apostle Peter in this epistle. Uh, we've already been in this now, I think, three or four weeks as we're going through it. And so tonight we're going to pick up at 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 11. Do you mind reading? Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth you have been taught. Amen. It is only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live. For our Lord Jesus Christ has shown me that I must soon leave this earthly life, so I will work hard to make sure that you always remember these things after I am gone. Wow, you can tell that uh, Peter is an old man now as he's yeah. writing these words. It was one of the things that uh, Jesus said to him, and you and I were talking, we just got back from a special event for Downriver as the ribbon-cutting ceremony was taking place for reopening Downriver, and uh, we heard from some politicians and business leaders, and mm -hmm. it was a really enjoyable event. Yeah, the chamber. A big shout-out to uh, Ron Hendricks doing a great job with the Southwest Regional Chamber of Commerce or Southern Regional Chamber of Commerce. There you go. There mm -hmm. I go. But um, Downriver is opening back up for business, but we want to be safe, and we want to... Mm -hmm to do it in the right way. So many places have opened up and now are having to close down again in different parts mm -hmm. of the country because people are not being careful to, to observe these rules. Well, Peter has got three R's that are rules and that are very important, but they're not the kind of rules that you would normally think about. And we're going to talk about those that this old man wanted us to remember. You can tell he's at the end of his life. Yeah. And he's starting to think about the things that he wants to be sure that people know. Yeah. That he wants to be sure that people understand. Right. right. And that they remember and tell their children and their children's children. Well, let's pray and let's just ask God to give us open hearts and open eyes and ears tonight to see what he's got to say. Father, we believe that each and every time we come together to study your word that the Holy Spirit is present with us. And I sense in a very real way your presence in this room tonight. I sense it since your presence today, Lord, is just was thinking and writing. And I pray now in the name of Jesus Christ that, God, you will open our hearts and minds, that we will hear what you are saying to us through the word of the Lord tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, the believers were just like any other congregation that mm -hmm. Peter was writing to. They were in danger of stumbling. You and I have been pastors long enough to know that uh, some people start out well yep. and maybe go along, and then suddenly they, you don't see them as often. They're not, they're, later something will happen in their life, and they'll admit they're no longer praying. They're, but they start to think, I've done this for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I know what this yeah. is all about. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> 
And so Peter is writing them because they're in danger of stumbling. And that word stumble that's in the Scripture, it's much more than just falling down and getting back up. He's saying they're in danger of, of becoming apostate. They're in danger of coming to the day of judgment and having lost out with God. Do you remember when we were, what, two years ago that we were rock climbing? Yep, I remember that And well. one of the things they kept telling us was, was don't lose your footing. Yeah. You know, keep get that foot right at the place that you feel <laughs> comfortable. And when we were reading this that I was thinking about that. Don't lose your footing just because yep. you're coming to a place that you feel comfortable right. with the Bible and comfortable with with the teachings, and I think that's what Peter was saying. Yeah. Hey, don't get to the end and stumble. I can remember being on the side of that rock face <laughs> and my arms trembling, my fingers trembling, and my legs were stronger than my, my arms and my, my fingers were, but every part mattered because sometimes it was only just our fingertips that yep. would fit into the crevices of those rocks. But that's a good point. And I wish you had told me that earlier. It's <laughs> a really good point because we had somebody that was on belay for us yes. that when we slipped or fell, they would catch us. And the good news is that God will catch us. But we'll get to that towards the end. <laughs> God will catch us. You know, one of the things that Peter is saying, he says, live for the future. And that's, you know, that's one of the things that I've always loved about my faith in Christ is I've always looked forward to tomorrow. And I think that's the faith that the Bible teaches us. <clears throat> We're not a faith that lives in the past. We learn from the past. We're a faith that lives today looking forward into the future and tomorrow. Do you remember Jerry Bray? Oh, yes. Jerry Bray always used to tell me, he says, keep looking up, keep looking up. <laughs> and uh, I think that's the way God wants us to live. But when he says, when he's reminding us of this, he says in this very last verse, he says, you know, I should keep on reminding you, for our Lord Jesus Christ has shown me that I must soon leave this earthly life. And so he is going to, number one, keep reminding each other of God's promise and covenant. That's what God's word to you and I, to the folks that are listening tonight, but to those of you that are listening, that's what God's word is to you as well, is to keep reminding one another of God's promises and covenant. Do you have some promises that you lean, lean into or hang oh, on sure. to? Oh, sure. You know, all the time things that that usually it comes out of my devotions. Yeah. But scriptures that I just keep going back to. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in my prayers, especially when it has to do with, with healing right. or um, the salvation of someone that I know that has either moved away from God or yeah. never responded to God's call, I always keep praying, Lord, your word says, yeah. your word says. You know, I have a list of those promises that, that I keep in my Bible. I have a list that I've hidden in my heart over the years. But the reason that Peter is saying this to the church is because they're experiencing two problems. Problems that we really don't experience here in America or even at Woodland for that matter. But we have to be aware because they could happen any time. And that is they're experiencing persecution from without the church. The government has turned upon them. The community has turned upon them. They're being persecuted for their faith. But they're also being persecuted because of the false teachers within the church that have crept mm -hmm. into the church. 
Go back to the first church where you and I seen your pastor dad. Do you remember that? Do you, oh, remember, yes. do you know what I'm about to say? I'm not sure. There are too many stories to tell yeah. out of that one. <laughs> I had to remove a teaching elder in the church because he was teaching that black people did not have a soul. And he turned out to be a, a, a vile racist, and I had to tackle that head on. Mm -hmm. He was on the board of the church. And, and dealt with that. God gave us favor. God gave us mercy there. But here's the deal, beloved. Sometimes if we're not careful, false teachers can creep within the church. They look religious. They sound religious. They, they do all the outward things, but they will hide their true agendas until they mm -hmm. can collect a small group of people around them to hear. And Peter has become aware that there are some false teachers within the church. So he says in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 12, Therefore, I will always remind you about these things. And then he pays them a compliment. Don't you like to be complimented? Oh, every day. <laughs> I love to be patted on the back and said, boy too. You did a good job. He, he says right here, he says, Even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth you've been taught. Now, don't miss that. The apostle mm -hmm. Peter, and this is left recorded for us as the word of God, this is the highest compliment that you could give to a body of Christ. And that is, they knew the truth and they are standing firm in the truth. Mm -hmm. God says that about Woodland. I will be a very, very happy pastor. That God says to Woodland Church, and I'm looking around like you're all here. <laughs> God says to Woodland Church, you know the truth and you're standing firm in the truth. Isn't that cool? What a, com what a confirmation. Yeah. Um, not only to the to the believers, but to their leadership, yeah. that they had been taught the truth. Well, you know, when I look at this and I see what, what Peter is doing, you might ask yourself, well, if they know the truth and they're standing in the truth, mm -hmm. then why is he reminding them, them, reminding them of this? And I think we can understand that on two levels. One, outstanding coaches, they're always going over the basics of the game whether it's a baseball coach, a football coach, a basketball coach, a golf instructor, they're always going over the basics of the game. Mm -hmm. But top-performing athletes, they know the fundamentals and they consistently play by the fundamentals. Yep. They're not just the great long shots. They're not just the great uh, home run hitters. They're not just the great quarterbacks. They consistently practice the fundamentals of the game because great coaches know this is how you win a game, learning the fundamentals. Vince Lombardi, gentlemen, this is a football. <laughs> I love that story. I love that story. So this is what Peter's doing. He's being a great pastor, and he says, I know you know these things, and you're standing firm in them, but I'm going to remind you of them. This past Sunday um, after church, I was reading the weekend edition of the Wall Street Journal, and Eric Anderson, or Anders Erickson, passed away this last weekend. Now, some of you have read the book, The Outliers. It's one of my favorite books that Malcolm Gladwell wrote. But You have a lot of favorite books. <laughs> I do have a lot of favorite books. But, but all of his books, that's my favorite one. The second favorite one he wrote is David and Goliath. And don't get me down a rabbit trail. You know I can go off when it comes to books. But Malcolm Gladwell wrote this book called The Outliers. And in it, he, he kind of draws loosely from what um, Dr. Anderson had taught that anybody could become expert if they put in enough hours of practice, 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 whether it was at golf, piano, 
uh, whether it's in math or computers, you know, he's just saying if you put the practice in, you can become good. So I think that's what Peter is doing. He's saying keep practicing the fundamentals of the faith. Do what you know to do. Yeah. Do what you've been taught. And then when you are in a crisis, when you're in a moment that you don't have time to really think yeah. about it, those fundamentals come to the surface. Mm -hmm. I think about the story of the little boy here at Woodland that was, I forget how old he was, he wanted to be baptized, but he had been through faith case. Yes. And so you were sitting down with the parents to be sure that he, uh, that he understood what baptism was. Mm -hmm. Do you remember this story? And he, the dad says he knows more about baptism than I do. It's because the dad had forgotten the fundamentals, yeah. and the little boy had just learned them through faith case. Read the next verse for us. Yeah, no. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord and Jesus Christ. You see, responding to God's promises isn't just a matter to make you feel good. Mm. Responding to God's promises isn't just a matter to make you feel secure. God wants us to be productive Christians. The King James Version uses the word barren. It's not the best translation of that Greek word. It, it would have been in their day in, when, they, when the King James translation was, uh, was written. But God wants us to be productive in our faith and bearing fruit for him. And so the knowledge is not just to increase here in our head, but for our heart to expand, for our fruitfulness to expand. And he says, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love that it equates your, your growth right. with productiveness and usefulness that what we are learning is not just for us to like you said have a head knowledge have yeah. a have an understanding of but there is a purpose behind it yeah. there is a growth there is a response right. that we are supposed to have that we should be having naturally yeah. as a growth process and i think the way we do this is number one, we constantly remember God's goodness, love, and his blessings. He's constantly remembering. Read that quote for me from C.S. Lewis. I don't just see the sun. In fact, in a sense, I can hardly see the sun. But it's through the sun I see everything else. And he's using sun, S-U-N. Right. And what I love about that quote is, you can't look at the sun without having some sort of special nope. lens. Every time so there's an eclipse, yeah. we know how you have to have special things right. so that you can look at the sun. I learned the last one that you can't use your camera to take a picture of the <laughs> You want to tell us what happened? Uh, <laughs> it wasn't very good. Let's just say that. <laughs> you know, you can't look at the sun, but everything you see in the daylight is because of the presence of the sun. And the glory of God is so bright and is so brilliant that everything that you and I do in Christ is because of the glory and the brightness of God. His blessings, his goodness, and his love to us. And the reason Peter is writing this, and there is a, there is a stream as you read Second Peter. Peter's being really forthright. He's an old man. He's being forthright. 
And he's dealing with the fact that part of what we wrestle with is our sinful nature. I mean, sin has so affected our DNA. Now, think about this with me. Sin has so affected our DNA that we tend to remember the hurts. We tend to remember the disappointments. Mm -hmm. We tend to remember the pain more than we do the goodness and the blessing and the promises of God. I read one time that when people are going through grief, mm -hmm. that in the beginning, all they can remember is, especially if it's been a long illness, yeah. all they can remember is the pain, the tragedy of the death, the sickness, the, the struggle. Yeah. And when you start healing, when you start getting through that grief process, you start remembering the good times. Mm -hmm. And when you can remember the funny stories and laugh about them, that's when you know your heart is healing. Yeah. And the same thing is true when we are going through um, growth like this, yeah. of not remembering just the bad things, but the healthy thing is to remember the good things as well. You know, one of the things I found in counseling with people, sometimes I have to take young adults, grown adults, even teenagers, mm -hmm. I have to take them because all they can remember is something their parents said to them in anger. Mm -hmm. Their mother or father said something to them in anger. Or maybe they just remember something critical a teacher said to them. And so I'll ask them, do you remember anything they said to you positive or good? I know at some point they must have said something to you. And it's a struggle because the pain of the hurt. Now remember, they're being persecuted, and there's mm -hmm. false teachers within. There are people hurting in this church. And even though we have been born again, Paul is very clear in his epistles that we still have to fight against that sin nature. And that's true in our relationship with God. God has always been faithful to us. But sometimes we forget the goodness of God when we're going through a trial, maybe the COVID crisis, maybe the coronavirus crisis. Mm -hmm. We forget the goodness of God and we go, God, why have you abandoned us? God has not abandoned us in this hour. He's no. with us. He's protecting us. He's providing for us. And that's one of the reasons why I think it's so important to keep a journal. Because when I go back and I reread a month's worth of my journal, I go, ah, I forgot all about that. God answered this prayer. Becky did this. Or it makes the kids you remember. called today. Yeah. You remember because you, you can remember the bad things easily, but it mm -hmm. takes a consecrated effort to remember the good things. So one of the things that I think is important here that Peter is addressing, it's the integrity of our lives. And we've talked about this before at Woodland. I've actually preached several messages on this. Integrity is a wholeness of heart. It's a wholeness of mind. Do you remember how with the old personal computers we had to defrag them? <laughs> no, I had to call you and say, come make my computer stop doing whatever it's doing right now. Yeah, because with the old PCs, they, and that's one of the reasons I love Apple, so, but don't write us any hate mail about this. But one of the reasons that you know, we had to defrag the PCs was because information just got stored here and there and everywhere. Well, sometimes if we're not careful, we've got a public life and we have a private life. We have the life that we want everybody to see and then we have who we really are. <laughs> and our children know who we really are. There was a family that worshiped with us and they came to us one day and they said, you know, you guys are the same when you're not at the church, just like you are at the church. And I'm like, duh, yes. Well, I would hope so. Yeah, absolutely. But it's amazing when you read the lives of so many people, 
how that their public life and their private life were so different. It's one of the things I love about the Bible is it lets us see the battle and the conflict that goes on mm -hmm. in people's lives. But grateful hearts are also affirming hearts. When you have a grateful attitude, yeah. it's easy to see the good, the strength, yeah. the growth in other people. Mm -hmm. And you can affirm them out of your own gratefulness. Yep. When you are grateful, it's just like you just said, you see the good. Mm -hmm. And that old saying that Scott Peck wrote about catch people doing things right. And I've always said catch your students, catch your children, catch your kids doing things right. That comes from a grateful heart. If you're a critical parent, you're never going to do that. If yeah. you're a critical person, you're never going to do that. If you're complaining, you're not going to have an affirming heart because what you're going to do is you're going to vomit that all over other people, and they're going to feel sticky when they leave your presence because there's no affirmation. They may not even disagree with you, and, but that's not what you want. You want to affirm people. Nowhere in the Bible are we encouraged to complain to one another. Nowhere in the Bible are we encouraged to Oh, that's not grumble. in there? No. Oh. It's not in there at all. What is in there is encourage one another to good works, lift one another up, in honor prefer one another, and grateful people can do that. I have found the key in my own life to being able to affirm others is not seeking to be affirmed, but to have a grateful heart for what God has done for me. A friend told us one time, said, you know, to a positive person, Everything they do no. is always the best. It's the best meal they've ever had. It's the best trip <laughs> they've ever taken. Uh, it was the prettiest flower they've yeah. ever seen. But to a grumpy person, everything is grumpy. <laughs> no, I haven't thought about that in years, but that was Ann, wasn't yes. it? Yes. I, that's been decades. Mm -hmm. But just as soon as you said that, I remember Ann telling us that. I loved it. And humble hearts are wise hearts. You know what I mean by that? Humble hearts will listen to advice. And so... One of the wisest Grumpy things hearts I can never do. do. No, but one of the wisest things I can do is listen to you. Oh, good. Can you write that in there? You I might want you to remember that. <laughs> I hope I remember that all the time. But humble hearts will take advice. Humble hearts will take encouragement. Humble hearts will ask. At the ribbon cutting that we just attended, do you remember yes. one of the speakers said he talked about how he went to Heinz Prechter here yes. in the community, and because he asked for help and just mentioned in passing that he was that he he liked President Bush, the first President Bush, mm -hmm. and how that one day about a year later Heinz Prechter invited him to lunch and he met President Bush, and he was so excited as a young man to meet him he went through the receiving line <laughs> the second time, and then later. He was invited to Kenny Bunkport to the Bush's home. He wrote a book about uh, President. But it was a fascinating story. But humble hearts will seek counsel and they will seek he advice. He said it would have never happened had he not, as a 25-year-old young man, yeah. said, you know, what advice would you give right, me right. of someone that had already been successful? So I think you just hit a key point there, 25 years old. You know, one of the mistakes of youth is sometimes thinking we know it all or feeling like we have to make everybody think we know it all. Oh, I wish I knew as much as I thought I did when <laughs> I was 25. <laughs> we started pastoring our first church when I was 28 yep. years old. And I remember telling the board and I remember telling God. I remember laying in front of that altar in that little basement church we were in 
saying, Lord, the only thing I know how to do is to pray. I'm not even sure I know how to preach very well. But I did know how to pray. And Anne, that you just mentioned, yep. she said to me, because I was sharing with her and her husband about that, and she said to me, she says, that's the greatest thing you can do is pray. She was one of those people that had the gift of encouragement. Yeah. She, she could encourage you no matter how difficult the situation yeah. you were in. She could find something to be encouraging about. And she always was. Well, read the next verse here, if you would, please. So I will work hard to make sure you always remember these things after I'm gone. That's 2 Peter 1.15. He is really facing the fact he's about to die. I mean, this is really bearing in upon him. And you asked me a question tonight in the car coming back to the church when you said to me, you've often wondered how Peter knew he was about to die. I'll, I said, I wish there could be more in the scriptures. And I know the Bible says if, if we wrote everything that happened, mm -hmm. there'd just be volumes and volumes. But the, world couldn't contain it. the inside story of how did he know? Yeah. You know, he was very clear. The Lord Jesus has let me know yeah. that I'm at the end of my life. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to know. I want to know how. I want to know what. What you know, the only thing he knew is that Jesus had told him he would be an old man. But I think the thing I wanted to bring out from this tonight is that Jesus had told Simon, or Peter, he told him, he says, Simon, Simon, the devil has asked to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that you would stand firm. I have prayed for you that you will remain. And he says, and when you do, Turn and strengthen your brothers and your sisters. I think that's exactly what he's doing here. He's trying to strengthen the church. Do you have something else you want to say there? I was just going to say that my devotional reading this week has been in Exodus. Yeah. And I was reading this morning about the Passover right. and how God kept telling Moses and Aaron, remind them, mm -hmm. tell them. Tell them again. Tell them this is why we're doing this. Yeah. You know, the whole celebration of the Passover. You're going to do this every year so that you will remember. Our children are so funny when it comes to family traditions. I mean, <laughs> Christmas, yeah. you don't break it. You yeah. know, we have the ginger pancakes and lemon syrup for Christmas morning. You can't have them. You can say syrup. That's what we say. <laughs> I know. It kind of comes out. <laughs> You can't change it. Why? Yeah. Because we did it every year, yeah. you know, and Moses was telling them, do this every year so that you don't forget right. and so that your children and those that come after you don't forget. Traditions matter around our house. Yes, they, they do. <laughs> they really do. Well, we're almost out of time, and that was just the first point. So <laughs> I, I don't want to rush this. So what I want to do is is um, let's just close it up with this, and we'll come back next week with these next uh, two points because they're so good, and they'll take more time to develop and share with you tonight than what we have time with. I think it's important that we remember as we get older, more important than ever, our faith stays strong. Our faith stays intact. Honey, I, I talk to you about this all the time. As I get older... I want my faith to be vibrant. I want my faith to be strong. I want my prayer life to be strong. I want my witness to be strong. I want to do more now 
than I've ever done before to encourage and strengthen God's people. Legacy, not memory of me, but legacy because I want I want it to be so hard for people to go to hell and down river that they literally have to trip over Woodland Church. <laughs> I really do. I, I want them to have to stumble, not only stumble over the gospel, but stumble over the love that people from this church have for this community. Something else was said tonight, and I came right home and put it in my journal. When the, I don't remember the man's name that was speaking, but he said, Downriver, even though it's made up of all kinds of little cities and towns and townships, he said, we're like one large community. And there's over a half a million people that live here. And it's more important now than ever before that we encourage one another, we remind one another, we teach these things to our students and our children, and we look for creative ways. The COVID crisis has caused us, and you know, this is part of what I was gonna conclude with next week, but I'll conclude with this tonight. The COVID crisis has caused us to become more creative mm -hmm. in how we share the gospel and how we communicate with people. And do you remember that series? It wasn't probably the best theological series, but you remember that series of books left behind? Yes. And you remember how during the tribulation, there were so many creative ways of getting the gospel out over the internet? There is always a way. <laughs> yes, I kept thinking about that during this coronavirus crisis. We have looked for creative ways to, to share the gospel. We've got to stay connected to the children. Faith Case was a good mm -hmm. example of that, of learning the fundamentals. We've got to stay connected with uh, our students. We've got to stay connected with our university students. We've got to stay connected with our young adults, young parents, and with our adults in our age group, and then our elders, our builders, those who really came before us. But we also have to stay connected with the world because nowhere in this book, though they're being persecuted, and we'll talk about that more as we get through the book, nowhere is Peter calling them to come out of of, of the world to love their neighbors and then he wants them to reach their neighbors with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So this old man who knew that he would live to be an old man because of what Jesus told him, this old man when he was crucified upside down for his faith in Christ, he said, I'm not worthy to suffer like my master. What a statement he left us about AD 68, so about 38 years after Jesus. Peter was the only disciple that was older than Jesus, most scholars believe. So if Jesus died at 30, and let's just say that Peter was 65, I mean uh, 35, then Peter possibly was anywhere from my age to Pastor Rick's age when he was martyred. And that just moves me deeply inside because I want to leave a living legacy of faith, and I know you do too. It was so important to Peter that he wanted the last things he said, yeah. the last that he could have said anything. Yeah. What a life he had lived. But the most important thing he says is keep growing. Remember what God has done for you. Amen. Remember the sacrifice. Remember Christ yeah. and keep growing. Keep growing. Well, on that, we're going to say good night. We're going to pray first. But if you haven't already this week, would you go online and would you give it? www.woodland.church or text 77977 one word Woodland Church the keyword is Woodland Church no space between Woodland and Church and remember to bring your tithes bring your offerings bring your missions offerings 
and help us as we continue as a congregation to serve this community and serve our Lord and Savior as well. Also, join us tomorrow. Becky and I will be posting another Facebook daily prayer update tomorrow. I'm really excited about what we're going to be talking about and also Friday's book recommendations. I already have my book picked out. I saw you had already laid them <laughs> yep. out. And so two really good books, by the way. Are they favorites? Yes. You have a lot of favorites, too. Of course. <laughs> And then, of course, we'll be meeting. We've got two services here on Sunday at uh, 10 o'clock and 11.30. Uh, we've got tents if you want to sit in the shade. We've got beautiful shade trees. The grass has been mowed. It's ready for you to come. I would suggest bring a lawn chair because they're much more comfortable than those metal chairs. And also, don't forget our prayer meeting. That's online right. Prayer meeting. Saturday night at 6 o'clock on Facebook. All right. You know what? Why don't you pray for us tonight as we say goodnight? Father, thank you so much for your love. Yes. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your sacrifice. Hallelujah. Father, and thank you for those that you sent before us like Peter that took the time that could have, Lord, in his old age said, I've done it all, I've lived it all, I'm going to sit back and enjoy my recliner now. But, Father, he didn't. Yes. To the very end, he was reminding us to keep growing, Hallelujah. to keep pressing into the faith, and Father, I pray for everyone that's listening tonight. Lord, if they are just beginners in their yes. faith, Lord, be like fertilizer to their roots. Lord, Hallelujah. help them to grow and just become strong in you. And Father, Strengthen I pray them. that those that, Lord, they have been rooted and grounded in you, that you would continue their fruitfulness, that they would Amen. stay productive Amen. and useful. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, God bless you. We love you so much. Thanks for letting us come in and share the scriptures with you tonight. Good night.